Hi, and welcome to the awesome DIY wedding planning podcast from Wedding Espresso. Fun, relaxed DIY wedding planning chats with the pros. Now sit back and relax. It's time to carpe wedding deal, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm joined today by Catherine Goddard from Capture This Moment and Chris Chapman, who is a fantastic makeup artist. And we thought we'd do something slightly different. Now, when I was very small at primary school, uh, one of my favorite parts of the day was actually story time. And I've kind of carried that through to my adult life. I love reading. I love hearing stories. I love watching stories. I love everything about stories and as you probably know, a lot of Wedding Espresso is about wedding stories. So today I thought it'd be really cool if we got some supplies together, we got together on, on here and just shared a couple of our most recent wedding stories. So basically, without further ado, um, I'm just going to invite Chris to uh, to share a story with us. So Chris, would you like to take us through your uh, Once Upon a Wedding? <laughs> Hi, uh, yes, definitely. Um, so I am telling you about um, a wedding that I had just a few weeks ago, actually. A really lovely bride. I mean, I very rarely get to hang out with the groom. So, um, yeah, it's basically down to the bride and her tribe when I do a wedding um, hair and makeup. So this one was a very early start. I was up for 4 o'clock to get there on time. That is, um, that is an early start. It, it's dedication. It really is. Wow, yeah, that's hardcore. <laughs> um, and it was going to be a really long day. So um, this particular bride was very concerned because um, – one, she's a crier, and she's a self, self-confessed self crier, um, like me, if I'm really honest. Um, and uh, she, she was concerned that makeup was going to need touching up after the ceremony. Um, but the ceremony location was about an hour away from the getting ready location, etc. Et so uh, we decided that I'd stay on um, for touch-ups. And actually, we came up with um, a whole new service just for her. Um, so I actually, instead of just staying on for the bride and her party for touch-ups after ceremony, um, set up a beauty bar, um, which was amazing. So I got to be a part of the reception as well. So, um, Kat, who the the bride was just brilliant at keeping me, um, sort of as part of the day. So it was not like I was an extra piece as it were. Um, but yeah, it was a lovely, lovely day. Um, as they four o'clock start getting everybody ready. Um, and it was one of those weddings where you have to wear lots of different hats. So I wasn't just being a hairstylist or a makeup artist that day. I was doing all sorts of jobs, um, that I hadn't really anticipated doing. Um, the bride, was, that, was that sort of uh, helping the bride out and the bridal party at various times? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, they, they talk a lot about, um, about brides getting cold feet. Well, she genuinely had cold feet. Um, and I dug out a pair of clean socks for from my, my kit bag, which I always keep with me. <laughs> um, yeah, as you do, as you do. Um, things like her page boy couldn't get his belt to stay on. Um, so we kind of had to do a quick improvise. Um, and that was down to, down to my skills and scissors and all sorts. Um, and I even ended up having to tape her lucky sixpence to her toe and help her get her shoes clasped and on. Um, so, yeah, being a makeup artist is never about the makeup, that's for sure. Um, that, that really did just right the way through into the reception and just kind of being one of the guests. And she actually made me cry, which never happens when I'm at work, ever. Um, but she went through and thanked all of her suppliers, and I, and I think maybe it's something to do with being up from 4 o'clock and being 
on it all day had something to do with that. But I was, uh, yeah, I was really touched. with very emotional. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's lovely to be such an intimate part of a bride's day. And I think, mm. um, when you hire a makeup artist or a hairstylist, you don't necessarily think about what that person is going to bring to your party apart from just make you look, making you look good. Um, but definitely in that instance, I was a lot more than just making people look pretty for the day. So, yeah. I think that kind of speaks volumes of your experience then, doesn't it, Chris? Being able to, um, you know, having the confidence to step in and, and problem solve. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I think that's that's part of just my personality that, you know, if you see something going on, you just, you've mm-hmm. got to just step in and give your initiative. Um, and at the same time, being very respectful of it being her day um, and not becoming too involved. I think there's, there's definitely a fine line there. Um, and I think when I work with other suppliers who are involved in the day, it's uh, definitely getting that balance right. So particularly like getting to work with the photographers and stuff, um, that's the, the moment at which any of my direction for me tends to just stop and I listen to them and what they need me to do um, or not do, as the case may be. So, yeah. I think so, you're right, though. I think yeah, that experience really speaks to that. So, Catherine, have you ever been to a wedding where they've had a permanent beauty bar? No, I haven't. This is new. I have, it is new. It is really exciting as well, isn't it? Um, I think I have been to a wedding where I've had the bride and the makeup artist has touched up after the ceremony, but never stayed past that. So that's a really interesting idea, and I think, it, you know, Really, yeah, I think a lot of other guests would really benefit from just sort of having yeah. just a little bit of a touch-up, a bit of a freshen up, um, and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's a really nice idea. I like it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Did we touch on this a few months ago? Did we discuss the possibility of the beauty bar at some point? It's something that kind yeah, of... Yeah, well, I think, I think it was probably shortly after Kat's trial that um, the concept kind of was born for me. Um, so I think the last time we talked, I was still kind of putting together how it was all going to work. Um, and, and I've gotten to do it a couple of times now, which is just, it really lovely. Um, as I say, you get to know the guests, you get a feel for who, who the bride is outside of that, that intimate space getting ready. Um, and for the guests as well, I think the day guests, especially, um, it's a really long day for them and being able to take their look from a ceremony appropriate look into more of a party look for them. That's really fun or even getting to like really personalize a wedding ceremony. So you get a lot of um, brides now who want a, like a real party. So almost like a festival feel mm. um, for their reception. So being able to bring face jewels and glitter and that kind of thing, like yeah. we bring the sparkle, come on. <laughs> I love That's it. That's a really um, cool idea, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny actually, because I've just finished um, writing a chapter in our upcoming book um, about taking wedding suppliers and asking them what else is possible um, because yeah. obviously a lot of that cost associated in doing that beauty bar is already tied up in you actually going to the venue in the first place like it's your time Absolutely. so once you've been booked it's so easy to add something extra on um, for not a lot of extra money and like you say completely transform the feeling or the look of the day that's absolutely phenomenal that's we've seen so many times uh, brides will have a couple of dresses and we'll get changed, yeah. you know, for their first dance. I'm sure, Catherine, you've seen that, you know, time yeah. and time again. Um, but obviously having the makeup artist there to be able to to help transition that look as well. Um, that's got yeah. to be a big, that's got to be a big thing coming up. So, um, yeah, 
we should I mean, be seeing more and more of that, them. shouldn't we? Yeah, I think you can thank uh, Meghan Markle and Harry for that one because we, right. we all sort of saw a very big transition from one look to another. Um, mm. And I think actually she didn't have a huge change with hair and makeup, but I promise you somebody was doing some touch-ups for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Brilliant. So, I mean, yeah, there's a story that um, has actually spawned a whole new uh, a whole new approach to, to wearing makeup during the day, which is phenomenal. So, um, brilliant. So, are there plans to, to carry on building that throughout this year? And uh, you said you've got a couple of bookings for it already, or done a couple already. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely one of the things that we're introducing to, to the brides now. Um, and even ones that have already booked me for uh, for their day, obviously getting getting ready and just letting mm-hmm. them know that that surface exists and seeing seeing what their response is. But yeah, still still in sort of the baby phases, so definitely doing um, a little bit more market research to see what uh, the, the general response is. But I think um, you definitely touched on this, and the, the last time I did one of these um, with you guys, we talked um, about entertainment uh, that you could book for obviously for the reception, but also that they could stay. Um, or come mm, early. As same, the same uh, idea, you, very same idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. reusing, reusing um, the music throughout the day. Absolutely, and I think it's it's just informing and educating people that that's something that that I do as well, and that other makeup artists will be doing. Um, as you say, to to really maximize your investment in in your suppliers, oh. because for us, I think you know the more we can do on a day, the better, really. Um, so yeah. And everybody is generally quite willing to do more. In fact, it excites them. You know, yeah. it's exciting for wedding suppliers to try to try new things. Um, Catherine, have you ever seen that where the band will do an acoustic set during the drinks reception, like an unplugged acoustic set, and then go and do like the full band thing in the evening? I haven't, but I have got a wedding coming up where we have got a singer during the um, ceremony. And right. then she will be staying on and singing during the um the drinks reception. Brilliant. So you know, so they yeah, she'd been booked to do some singing during the drinks reception, but they actually thought actually no, let's let's utilise her and mm-hmm. um, so that'd be really good. It'd be really nice to see that. So yeah, looking forward to that one. That's the end of the month. So brilliant. I, I think I really do think if because budget is one of the biggest issues. Uh, with wedding planning is getting everything into a budget i think this idea of it's not recycling but reusing or finding ways to use again something that you've yes. already booked is, is a phenomenal kind of budget maximizing technique yeah because quite often um brides will use the flowers from like um bridesmaids bouquets and things like that to use to decorate top tables and things like mm. that so utilizing those types of um, services as well and having them used later on during the day is quite a nice way to keep them keep but down actually still make things look beautiful really nice so that sort of that being said then Catherine is there anything in photography world where um things double up or combine I know it's putting you on the hot seat a little bit it is it's making me think now trying to think yeah dig deep well, as I quite often give, I, I, this is not as a, an extra service, but I quite often give guests tips on how to use their iPhones and their oh, smartphones. Right, nice. And how to take photographs of, um, each other and of the bride and the groom. So quite often, you know, um, on Saturday I was, you know, saying to people, if you do this, this and this, you'll actually, you know, you'll get a much better picture. 
Mm. Um, you know, if you use the sound buttons to make the the phone work as the camera, you'll take a much sharper photograph and all things like that. So I quite often give tips to guests on how to take their own photographs. So I think that's sort of quite a nice touch. And you get quite a lot. Of, oh, thank you. That was really nice. Oh, that's really good. I I didn't know and I then, could uh, do that. Obviously, that rolls back to the bride and groom then, doesn't it? Because they get slightly better pictures from their friends and family. Yes, yeah. And then I quite often um, recommend a couple of apps that you can use to share those photographs through all your guests and things like that. So that's quite a nice thing just to be able to say to people, yeah, you can if you actually just stand them here and if you touch the screen here and you press the, the slide the sunshine up and down, you'll actually get a much nicer photograph of that person. So, yeah, I quite often give little hints and tips, but I'm not sure how else I could expand the services other than mm. occasionally I bring along a box of photo booth props if people don't want the you know a photo booth but perhaps still want some of those fun photographs during the evening so yeah. I quite often bring a box of those with me um and then although I may be capturing the dancing if I see people playing around with things on sticks and hats and wigs and things like that then I'll capture a few of those to go into the album as well so yeah Fantastic. Just remind us. Do you do you offer an, an engagement shoot as part of your? Package? Yes, I do. Right. I so do. that almost is a, that's becoming quite sort of normal, but um, that is a value add, isn't it? Because obviously that entire process is gelling your relationship with the couple before the big yeah. day, anyway. So just, that's huge. yeah, and they are slightly so, yeah, a more relaxed type of session. You can have a lot more fun. You can play around with ideas and just get to know each other a little bit more. Mm. So having that like a two hour or, you know, a 90 minute photo session, you can actually just get to know each other so much better. And it's the the day you actually know how comfortable they're going to be with each other and with you. And they're used to having their photograph taken as well. So so it's quite different from doing a selfie, isn't it? To have a professional photo, yeah, and a portrait session. Chris, have you ever had experience of doing makeup for an engagement shoot? Because I know this does happen. Oh, uh, we can't hear you, Chris. I think your microphone's gone off there. That's it. I can hear you now. Yeah, perfect. There we go. That better. Perfect. Yay. Yeah, it's um, trying to coordinate with uh, the bride and the photographer and the obviously and the groom as well um, to do their trial on the same day as their photo shoot is one of the things ah, that I really That's a really good idea. Um, and it means that we can see what the, the finished result is going to look like before we get to the day. So if there's any tweaking that we need to do, um, then we can get that feedback both from the bride and from the photographer, actually, yeah. which I, I, you know, I love getting that kind of feedback from a photographer because you guys are the ones that know what it's going to look like as the end result. So, yeah, um, it's definitely a, a good shout to try and coordinate those things, I think. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I've had a couple of brides that have had their, you know, had their makeup trials done and then we've gone off and done the photo shoot as well so but I also find um, combining like a pre-wedding shoot with a visit to the venue as well to be really useful because then we can look at why they chose that venue what type of places they want to use where we can go if it rains and all that type of thing so combining the two means we actually get some really nice photographs of them more relaxed at the venue and then we know sort of roughly where we might want to go on their wedding day yeah. as well. Lovely. So it's a nice thing to do as well, combining pre-wedding shoot and the venue visit. Lovely. 
Awesome. Well, I absolutely love the way we segued into all sorts of different ideas and conversations there. Um, but yeah, so Catherine, do you want to share with us your happily um, once upon a wedding story? Yeah, I'm going to share a little bit from Saturday's wedding, actually. Um, although it was a very awful weather, we had terrible weather down here. Um, Storm Hannah hit us mm. quite, quite um, amazingly. So it was... Um, very, very windy and very, very cold, actually. Really, really cold compared to Easter Saturday. Where yeah, we of course. Scorching. Beautiful sunshine. Mm. And in fact, it was probably like the other extreme. It was a bit too warm and bright sunshine. So on Saturday, I um, photographed a wedding for a young couple, both vets. Um, who were getting married in her village church. Um, so she's getting ready at Mum's. Really nice, like relaxed feel. They all got there a few, just a few glasses of prosecco, not too much, but enough. And hair and makeup was being done. Um, but the moment that really, really struck me was um, when all the girls got together, the bridesmaids and the bride all got together, and they they just spoke words of encouragement to the bride before she went off to get married. And it was just like the power and the energy and the support that they had for each other was just incredible. I've never really sort of felt anything quite like it. Uh, we, as a group of people, you know, as an outsider, they're photographing it and documenting it. Mm. That the support for the bride from her bridesmaids was just incredible. And in fact, it actually brought tears to my eyes and I was so glad I had my camera that I could quickly go, because <laughs> <laughs> um, it was sort of moments like, gosh, sort of like that. But I think, you know, but also the fact that we were able to be flexible and we couldn't do the photographs outside because it was just so windy, but we were able to go back inside to church and do our group photographs there, um, which actually added something special to it because it was a church in which she was christened in. You know, and then to get married and then to do her group photographs there. And it was just such a wonderful day because the weather was totally against us. Mm. Um, and their reception wasn't a fancy venue. It was just the local village hall, which they decorated with streams of bunting and festoon lights and, you know, long tables out with, you know, all food to share amongst everybody on the table. But the fact that I think there was just so much love and support actually made it a really joyous day, regardless of the weather. You know, we can't control that. But it was, yeah, there was just such a wonderful feeling of support and love on that day. And I just thought that it really made me feel really very privileged to be a part of that day mm. and to capture it and to sort of, you know, document the day. And then to that. sort of think about how we could actually, what can we do? Oh, it's too windy. It's too cold to go outside. You know, there was rain coming across as well. So how can we do group photographs? How can we get those family photographs and you know, going back inside to church and capturing something that would actually mean a lot to her and her family to have the photographs done there? So, yeah, that's um, that really sticks with me, that memory of Saturday. I know it's a really new one as well, but it was... Yeah, hot, hot off the press. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, when you hear about 
weddings that the primary concern is the the love and the connection between the people because i think one of the dangers especially coming in from the media one of the dangers um of weddings these days is to overdo is to put too much attention into things that don't have that much meaning or don't um reflect you as a couple perhaps so much as just being yourselves you know yeah. trying to be something that you're not or put a show on and these are all all okay in moderation but they're also dangers um hi susan welcome <laughs> hey i think your microphone switched off still so you just might might want to pop that on as well hi hi brilliant that's it um, so um yeah just uh, Rachel's just popped something amazing in the in the comments here and she said that she read earlier today that the words you speak are the house you live in um so obviously those bridesmaids um obviously very very close people very close to them, right? um and you know the people that you have around you on your wedding day will will matter will and do matter and can as you found maybe create the the, the complete ambience Oh, it did, and I think, and then also in during the church ceremony, um, there were, you know, they uh, members of the guests all read prayers as well. So there were four or five guests who said prayers, and some of them had actually been, um, they had written themselves specially for that couple, and that just again that created an amazing energy and just showed so much support and love. And I think to me that just like you were saying earlier, it was actually showing the reason why they were together and why everybody was there and not just because it was going to be a big party with a lot of drinking later on. I mean, I'm sure they did have that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Obviously. But it, it was there because there was so much love and support for those people. And it, yeah, it's an amazing wedding. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Um, I think some of our favorite uh weddings that we filmed were definitely ones where you can tell straight from the outset that it's not about flash it's really about the people and from the get-go you just immediately have this sense of uh family and connection and love between the people and the couple and they're always the best they're always the yeah, best wedding. They are. I think yeah I think all they're always my favorite weddings when I go back and I think about those weddings, I think about the ones that have had all the support and the love and the happiness. And they're not necessarily, like you said, they're not in the grandest of venues. They're not the flashiest of weddings at all. But it's more to do but with the support and love and everything on that day. I'll add that it's not to say that you can't have that in the flashy venues, but it's not It's not about the flashy venues. Yeah. That's sort of just, yeah. to, uh, just to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, should say that. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, some of them have been in beautiful venues and things like that. But it's more about the support of the people involved in the day. I think is what makes me remember more certain weddings more than others. Awesome. So, Chris, obviously, um, you're there during the bridal prep. Um, have you ever seen that kind of connection between the bridesmaids and the bride, and, and thought, oh, and had to go and hide your tears? Oh, um, right. Well, I do try and keep any of my tears, you know, reserved for when nobody else is watching. Let's just be really clear because, you know, tears can be contagious. Um, <laughs> and I don't need to do touching up on, on that part of the day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I did just do um, a wedding. When was it last, weekend before last? And it was it was a gorgeous bridal party actually. So it was a bride with nine of her closest uh, bridesmaids, as you do. Um, so it was a really big party, but um, she was a really interesting background that uh, she grew up in Hong Kong and had, had come over, come back to the UK because she was from the UK originally um, and went to uni here. Her parents lived in America. So she had these connections that were completely international, very far flung. And these 10 women that were in the room together were all so very different, but all there for her. And they were all so focused on making her morning just, you know, the best it could be. And I, it, it, they were markedly very supportive of each other um, and kept looking at each other going, oh, God, you look amazing. Oh, that looks really lovely. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. And these really genuine moments of appreciating mm. each other. Um, and I think in those kind of moments, you do feel very humbled. And um, I think you said as well that that it's a privilege. And I think those kinds of parties where everything is, is quite calm, but still there's that, that buzz, that energy that's happening um, in support of the bride. It, it just, it, it, it's quite magical. And it is such a privilege to be a part of it because there aren't a lot of jobs in the world where you get to have that kind of energy and you get to have it almost on a weekly basis doing what we do. So that's, that's pretty exciting actually. I love it. Uh, so Sue, I haven't, we haven't introduced you because um, you just popped in there, but welcome, uh, Susan Denton from Celebrate with Sue. She is a uh, fantastic wedding celebrant. So, Sue, um, obviously you are really at the heart of um, wedding celebrations, obviously being a celebrant. So um, your experience spans all sorts of fantastic um, bespoke experiences that you've created for brides and grooms. So would you like to share a, a recent or a favorite uh, little wedding story with us? And... Um, you know, the reasons why you think it stands out or is uh, or is remarkable. Yes. I mean, hi, everybody. I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. Hello. Um, uh, yeah, every, I think every, every story is, is, is unique to that couple. Um, and basically, I think it's very much down to them what they want. Um, and that's what that's where I come in. So what I'm doing is I'm spending a lot of time listening to what it is actually they want. And um, the more time I can spend with them, then that also means I get to know them better, their personalities, and also their relationship with each other. And then that can be reflected in in their script in the script and then into the ceremony. So we had one very recently the other week where the couple um, wanted to share their, their the similarities between them as well as the differences. Um, they came up with a drinking ceremony, which was a port ceremony because the groom was very keen on port and they got some links in his life to do with port. And they both liked a little bit of a drink. I can get um, <laughs> So they were going to be doing drinking the port during the ceremony, like we've just talked about earlier. But they also wanted to make that a ritual during the ceremony. And that really that did work. That did work really well. Um, I don't dare use the word neck. He did drink his in one go, <laughs> which was uh, caught on camera. I haven't seen the professional version of that 
but I have seen it. But um, the bride was a little bit more, um, shall we say, um, polite in the way that she sipped it. Um, but they both enjoyed and everybody enjoyed that. Because I think the thing is still people don't on don't know or aren't familiar with the non-legal type ceremonies mm. that I do and other celebrants do as well. And that makes it really fun for them That's because you'll still have people saying, oh, can we sit on this side? Do we need to sit on this side? Do we need to sit on that side? How long is it going to last? Do we have to do anything and so on and so forth? So that's all part of it. So they they that that is starting to become more, more common as other people who've been to celebrant led ceremonies will be more aware. So they're that little bit more relaxed as well. Um, and, and also things like with it, we had very small children again coming in as um, page boys and as flowers. You know, the night before they'll be seen skidding down the floor in the in the room, in the venue. Um, and then the next day, when it be, when it comes the ceremony and everybody's there watching and everything, then the children, as per usual, behave absolutely amazingly and um, holding hands or whatever they're doing with the with the older bridesmaids and come down and play their part in the ceremony. And obviously that's all making memories for them and for their families you know which will which which will last for for a very long time so it's all those sorts of things that that are memorable to to families families you know that might have had sadness in them that they're they're having a really lovely happy occasion so they've got something new to remember to to layer into their family Mm. members because because it's new and because it's different it might stand out a little bit more than something that's maybe less bespoke and it was there that's right and it was their choice and um the the venue itself you know i'm I'm putting little bits of other people's stories in but that venue itself was absolutely marvelous and they put a lot of time and effort into thinking about what they wanted it all to look like and how it was all going to to fit together and then we also had a, a, a lovely lady who was playing the harp, which I found very relaxing <laughs> moving into and during the ceremony, you know. So she was playing while they were doing the, the port ritual and so on. So that's that's you know, every single ceremony is different and every single one I'll come away from and say that was the best. I can mm. honestly say that you know, and I can think of all the different elements the fun elements, the romance. Yes, there are tears. Sometimes the brides might even apologise for crying. And I cried myself last year. (laughs) So it's it's all part of it. You know, it's all the emotion coming through. You know, we wait a while for them, you know, to to get through that little moment as, as they waited for me and so on and so forth. And then you move through to the next part and, and, and it's all, it's all, you know, full, full of um you know of emotion that every i mean i come away and i have to have a bit of a a bit of a sit down Mm. you know because you're giving they're giving and you're giving quite a lot of yourself in into the process but i enjoy doing that so that's all part of part of it james yeah I love the fact that you brought up the harp, actually, because um, I was reading a, a, um, yeah. a totally unwed, unwedding related, but I was reading a book the other day and it's actually said there was a study uh, and it says that music in a social gathering makes people 12 percent more sociable. Wow. So it's now actually a science. 
Wow. <laughs> and of course, I get the audience to join in. So we will have a bit, a part to it where I'll say family and friends, you are here as support and to witness this occasion. And can we all say we will support the couple? We will, you know, so yeah. getting them more involved sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know. will even, you know, sing, sing a song or whatever. And that will also bring everybody into the occasion and so on and so forth. And that was, that that's one small part of it and then you can if the couple want it you can build other elements of audience participation into into the into the event into the occasion so so catherine i've got to ask um are you seeing a rise in celebrant-led ceremonies at the moment <clears throat> i think there's a, yes i think yes definitely there is a definite rise um you know because they're able to sort of provide that wonderful uniqueness to a service compared to if you have a registrar or something you know somebody else involved and i think with a celebrant you can add wonderful things that sort of then become part of your personality so it's expressed more isn't it yes and it, like the last time i did a wedding with a celebrant we had a sand mixing ceremony yes yes i'm doing was, yes. yeah and that was lovely because of, obviously there was the bride's family and then the groom family and they all combined the sand into this you know beautiful jar and just showing that their families are now together and will never be able to be parted and that was it's a really symbolic um yes. part of the ceremony and it yeah so definitely i think there is like a rise in um in celebrancy and involved in weddings I think there's, there's, uh, uh, without talking in any detail because it's not happened yet. We 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 got together yesterday for a wedding that I'm conducting officiating on Saturday, and they are also going to have a sand ceremony. They um and they're, they're going to use a, a picture frame to you mm -hmm. for that, and then so that's going to be very interesting. So that's mm -hmm. their take on it. Everybody's got a different take. Obviously, you need glass, but what the glass receptacle looks like, it can be any anything. So that may again, there's 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 nothing, you know, there's no line, there's no delineation about what what it is or what it isn't. You you should have. So and then, as you say, because it's all so different. Also, we're going to have some other elements to it, which I've not done before, which I'm not going to mention now, but which I'm looking forward to. Because people can come up with original and unique same ideas that are personal and to them and will work for them on that venue on that occasion. So that, yes, exactly. Mm. And Chris, um, taking um, Susan's point about the, the sort of the post-wedding come down, I mean, I understand this completely. When we used to come home from a wedding, we would have to consume massive amounts of calories and, and literally just sit there for an hour in front of Netflix and just, just let it all just, just, just come out of us because we were just overwhelmed. So, um, basically I'll, I'll, I'd really want to, to sort of take this into the idea of the beauty bar as well, because at the end of, um, the bridal prep in the morning, obviously emotions are they're sky high, aren't they? That, that moment that you release the bride to go and get married. I mean, that, that is a, a peak a peak of excitement and anticipation. So for you then personally, is there a point afterwards where you just have to take a deep breath and let it out and then power yourself back up again for the beauty bar, <laughs> which is obviously not yeah, so well stressful. That, 
that particular wedding where we did the beauty bar, I was really quite fortunate actually that um, just the logistics, um, because the, the wedding ceremony was such a trek for the bride to get to, it meant that I had about a three hour window. So I actually did sneak a nap in. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I was <laughs> integral if I'm honest, because it's a 4 a.m. start and I didn't finish at the wedding until nearly gone nine o'clock at night. So yeah, a little power nap never hurts. Um, but yeah, when, you know, for, for a non beauty bar booking, um, I, it, it is, I can definitely identify with what you're saying that, um, you come away and actually you're on such a high with the bride. You almost forget that you're not part of that party. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I don't think I've had a getting ready portion of the day where I didn't come away feeling like, Oh, I could just go home and have a glass of Prosecco because everyone around me had been having a glass of Prosecco and you feel like, oh, I, I should be doing that too. Um, not that I've had a glass of Prosecco every time I get home or anything, but, <laughs> um, I think for me, it is, it is usually the drive home that needs to be my come down time. And I do find myself, um, listening to certain music that either help keeps me on that high or will help bring me back down depending on what I need to do once I get home. Cause you know, I think people forget that once we finish, uh, our bit with the wedding. If we're done, that's it. We've just got to slot back into our normal lives. So, uh, yeah, I think sort of planning ahead and knowing what's going to come after, um, a booking is finished is, is kind of important <laughs> or else I could just be having Prosecco every day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Kath Catherine, I've got to ask then, because I've, I've certainly felt, um, you know what Chris has just described there in the fact that you become so engaged with the couple and the day that when you go home, it feels odd. Um, so do you, I mean, we spoke the other day about this, um, the anticipation, the excitement before a wedding, didn't we? Um, yeah. do you, do you have any kind of come down rituals or do you find that it takes a while just to settle at the end of the day? Um, it does take a little while to settle. And, um, I quite, I usually make myself a dinner time actually quite a large dinner <laughs> Uh, normally it's late on the day, it's in the evening, I, um, this is not at midday, so um, you know, generally speaking it's like 9, 10 o'clock, maybe half to 10, maybe even a bit later. Um, and then I think the first job after I've made the gin and tonic is I actually start to back up because I really want to just make sure, so that's always part of my winding down, that I can actually be assured that I've captured the day. And I've got all the main details. So it's just starting that backup process because it just gives me that mm. peace of mind. Um, because also I don't want to spend the whole day after every photograph checking the back of the camera. Did I get that? Did I get that? You can't, you can't do that. It, you know, it's not possible. But by, um, coming home and starting that backup process with my GT actually just means it gives me that reassurance and that peace of mind. And then I usually have to read and regardless of what time it is, much to my husband's annoyance. So if it's two or three o'clock in the morning, I um I do tend to read for a while before I can actually switch off totally from the day. And that's 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 what I do, I think. I think physically I'm tired, but mentally it's that reassurance that I mm. have to check that I've done it all and I've got everything that they've asked for. And I know that I've got a good record of that day. Brilliant. Uh, and so Susan, I, th I don't, I think you missed Catherine's story, but um, she was describing a recent wedding where the couple, 
uh, were definitely, it was more about the couple and the family um, than anything else. That was, that was the most important element of their wedding. Um, so would you say that typically then, if a couple um, educate themselves to the point where they understand and, and want a celebrant-led ceremony, would you say that that ceremony then becomes one of the, definitely one of the key elements and aspects of that wedding and that day? Mm, yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Also, we're also we're getting um, more couples starting to talk about putting a little tiny little part in there, a little t- section of remembrance okay. of members of the family who might have died or are unwell or too old to travel mm. to from different parts of the country. And we have a, a, a couple of minutes to just, I, I say, a, a couple of verses, and then we just stop for a couple of seconds. And I tend to say to people, you know, it does seem like it's a long time, but actually it will only be, you know, less than a minute or a minute or whatever. We don't, and just, just, and sometimes couples have said before, and I think they're getting, it's talking them through it. They want to do something, but sometimes they don't want to introduce an element of sadness in what is a really happy mm. occasion. But sometimes they understand sometimes that they, they need to do that and then move forward with it. So we tend to introduce that earlier on in the ceremony before and then we'll come in behind with reasons for marrying and so on and, and a ritual and or a poem or whatever. The other thing that you're talking about is the poems tend to be the te- mums tend to be um, more involved with those that. They're often a mother has chosen a poem that they'd like to read. And sometimes that's a secret from their their, their, their child, their, you know, and the other member of the couple, um, which is quite interesting. Sometimes I'm a bit, you know, not always 100 percent sure about the, <laughs> the poem. But I, go with it. I go with it <laughs> on, on the odd occasion. Or what we've also had, which is beautiful, is when friends are involved. And friends actually um, modify one of the poems specifically to match the couple, mm. which uh, has happened recently as well, which worked extremely well. Because, like, I'm sorry, the, the lovely lady be- below me, what's her, love, what's her name? Again? Uh, we've got Chris and we've got Catherine. Chris, makeup artist, and Catherine's the photographer. Chris, hi, Chris. Chris, you know how you talked about the, 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 the bride and those, those nine bridesmaids and, yeah. and so on and so forth and how they had that you could see that relationship between them so with this we could see you could clearly see the the very close relationship between the bride and these three guests who had collaborated together and put this poem together and then read it for her you know and obviously these were all these were three strangers to me on that day but you could see their love and affection for their friend coming through in in the care that they put into putting and modifying this poem for them which was lovely so that made it even though we talk about the family very very much the family as well but also these friends who have been supportive to the bride and or the bridegroom you know that came through very much with the poetry and with with, you know i'm glad you brought up the the point about um acknowledging uh missed loved ones actually susan because time and time again um like rachel and i We've always had celebrant-led ceremonies. So, I mean, we had a celebrant-led ceremony for our wedding, and we recently had a celebrant uh, for our son's naming day. Mm-hmm. And 
we always find it very difficult to incorporate that element because like you say, it is sad um, and it can be upsetting to some people. And it's always yes. been one of the hardest things to consolidate and actually work out how to approach effectively um, because you've got this range of, of emotions that some people are going to be very heavily affected emotionally by it. Some people, they won't be quite so emotionally affected by it, but you want to make sure that they feel that you've done it justice or, yes. you know, you've, you've acknowledged them in an appropriate way. So yes. um, is that something that you find comes up quite often now? And, and how would you, how do you tackle it? How do you help people through that? Yes, I mean, I, I, I'll, because I'm getting to know the couple, they might mention a member of the family who, who has died. Um, and also because I do a very compre comprehensive questionnaire, that's got the question in it already. So I don't, I don't need to preempt that. That's already in the questionnaire. And they can write in the questionnaire whether they'd like that little session, that little session in there of remembrance. And then I'll talk to them about it. And I think, I mean, maybe I'm, I, I could be honest to say maybe I've got better at talking people through it. OK. Um, you know, as I've had more experience of that, I've, you know, I've found ways of, you know, talking about it with couples and maybe with my help, maybe it's starting also. Or, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I want to be very positive about it. And I am. They, you know, they'll say, oh, we're not sure. Sometimes they'll say we're not sure because of like what you've just said about introducing you know one person will be maybe much sadder than another and so on so if we talk it through now a little bit more and then i'll say to them well this is what exactly what i'm going to do and then normally they'll come back and say yes we'll go ahead with that and what i found is you know percentage wise where before people will come back to me and say we've changed our mind now we don't want to put that in i'm finding that's happening less mm. So, but, you know, everybody's different. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, different people in different situations. So, you know, that's just me, one person with so many couples. So we'll, we'll see as, as time goes by. But I do feel that, you know, other people acknowledge by having a, and or a table, don't they? Yes. With photographs on it or so on. Um, and I myself, I think I mentioned this before, James, I'm going to have a, I'm just a bit greedy, really. I'm going to have another ceremony in four weeks time hey. uh, with a celebrant um, in my mother's garden because that's been a crucial part of our family's life right. over 50 years I've got my children are not that old uh, but, and so on and so forth there's, so those key people in our life and, and, and our outer family and of course my husband and his family um, and he now is spending quite a lot of time in that garden so he's getting to know it really well so we're going to be in the garden and we're going to, for example, hang some photographs on one of the trees of family members who won't be able to be there. So that's, you know, that's another element, isn't it? You know, that people will have, they'll maybe have the table, but they don't want to introduce it into the ceremony. You can have a visual representation. Yeah. You don't actually have yeah. to speak it. Yeah. And I do think that's, I do, you know, I think that they find that. That, that helps them and supports them and it, it's there. And also, I think for the children, you've always got to remember, you know, you can say back to the children, do you remember so-and-so from the wedding? And then when you have got photos there or even on the day, you can say, oh, this was your 
great granddad or this was your granddad or so on. A bit like when I did a naming. I know we're not talking about naming. You did mention the naming earlier. So I did talk to the family then. We did the naming just after Christmas. We talked about how we were going, how they were going to have a, a book with a photograph on one page and then a comment from a family or friend on the other page. And those photos were going to go in a book when the child was older. So you could look right. back and say this, this was this was saying that people have passed away. But, you know, this was so and so at the, at, the, at the naming or this was so and so at the naming, especially as this couple's family live on the other side of the world. So they won't see mm. those people as regularly you know and if people come back to england which is what they do a lot for weddings or people from london move out of london often to have their ceremonies you know in various places you could could, could call them destination or family locations then that again is families don't always see each other children don't always see these members of the family and that's another way isn't it of bringing the, their you know them to their knowledge yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, guys, we're closing in on the top of the hour. So just before we nip off then, Catherine, Chris, any further thoughts on anything that we've discussed today that's um, any lingering ideas or you want to throw out there for everybody? Yeah. It's okay if you don't. <laughs> um, so for our ceremony, um, obviously both my parents um, have passed away, so we couldn't include them. Um, so we just had two seats at the front of uh, the room that were on my side, um, each with a single sunflower on, because that was the, the flowers that we used in both the funerals, actually. Um, and that was just true. And we acknowledged, obviously, when I got to the top of the aisle, um, because nobody gave me away um, as such. So we got to speak about them and just remember them there. So like you were saying, bringing that in at the beginning and then moving forward in lots of joy um, into the ceremony, I think, was really important for me personally. Um, but I think I think you're right. It is becoming more and more acceptable and common to, to yeah. embrace um, those people that we've lost um, because they've shaped us. And I think that notion of who, who gives this woman um, is a really convenient place to talk about those people because it's not just one person that gives a bride away, is it? Really, it's it's no, a village. No, that's right. Mm. Yeah. So, like a representative yeah, to the family. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's beautiful cool. that you're integrating that to your ceremonies. Lovely. Thank you. What a lovely beat to finish on. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> incredible right guys thank you so much um for sharing today that brings us to a close um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you and of course um people can check you out online uh click your links and go and have a look at your websites and investigate you in greater detail um and no doubt if they get in touch with you you'll have all sorts of wonderful stories helps and tips tips and suggestions and ideas for them that you'll be more than happy to share with them um so thanks again for joining me it's been fab and um i hope to speak to you all again soon Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Right. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.